Can the love we have for God and the love we have for our neighbor ever be opposed? Is there an opposition between reverence and liturgy and you know faithful liturgies and also service of the poor and social justice? Can both of these things happen at the same time? Or do we need to have churches that are good at liturgy and reverence and prayer and then other churches that succeed in social justice? Even more, does this belong to two different lines in the church, we could say? Do we need to choose? Jesus clearly chose. He chose both and showed the unity and wisdom of that dynamic order that he presents. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first of all commandments. The second, he says, is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. No opposition. When it becomes one or the other, we usually both fall into the same mistake, that of self-centeredness. A self-centered reverence or a self-centered service of the poor that ends up always falling short of our very love for God or our very love for others. So today's readings help us to go beyond simplifications. Our love of God must always direct us to love others more and better. If not, we should question our love for God. Our love of neighbor must always lead us into a greater love of God and reverence before His Majesty. If not, we should question our love of neighbor. A person once told us in a survey, an anonymous survey, so we, we don't even know who it is, and it doesn't really matter. But this person told us, I think that you need to stop being so reverent in the liturgy and all these things, to stop worrying about that. And the answer is that, the problem is that if we stop being reverent in the liturgy and in our prayer life, soon enough we'll stop being reverent in our service of others and the service of the poor and those who go without the gospel and without the good news. So we need to keep both. And the saints are the best examples of this. They understood it very well. There was no opposition for them. They moved beyond any of these stereotypes that want to separate these intimately united commandments. For example, John Paul II, he said, Jesus is the prophet of love. Jesus came above all to teach us to love. It constitutes the content of the greatest commandment he left to us. True love of one's neighbor is at the same time love of God. At the same time, love of God. Some people may be astonished by this. 
it certainly is astonishing. Mar Teresa of Calcutta, of course, a champion of the service of those in need and the poor, and the poorest of the poor, as she called them. She said, Jesus came into this world for one purpose. He came to give us the good news that God loves us, that God is love, that God loves you, and that God loves me. Jesus wants us to love one another as he loves each one of us. St. Vincent de Paul, our great champion of service of others, do not become upset, upset or feel guilty because you interrupted your prayer to serve the poor. God is not neglected if you leave him for such service. Charity is certainly greater than any rule. Moreover, all rules must lead to charity. And he continues to say that you will come back to your prayer with a greater heart and more focused because of that service to the poor. So many things I can continue to read you. One more from Mar Teresa. If my love for my sisters is okay, then my love of, for Jesus will be okay. These are not two loves. The deeper my love for Jesus, the deeper my love for my sisters. So you see how these two things are intimately connected. We cannot separate, separate them. They help each other and they enhance each other and they keep each other in check. We need them together. So by placing the love of God in the first place, our love of others is raised to a new level, away from any self-centered love or agenda. We can describe it with two E's. Our love for others is elevated and expanded. In the first place, it's elevated because it takes us out of our comfort zone, out of our passive love. Sometimes I think, you know, I don't do any harm, any wrong to anybody. I'm not. But this is active. Jesus invites us to something that is proactive. You shall love your neighbor. It's a command to be proactive in love. It sets us in motion. The love of Christ in us compels us. Martyrs again, love cannot remain by itself. It has no meaning. Love has to be put into action. And that action is service. Love is also expanded by the love of God in us. Jesus expanded the meaning of neighbor, what it means. In the Old Testament, it meant only the people of Israel, only those who are closest to you. Jesus expanded that with the Good Samaritan and, and he himself in his own life, calling himself the neighbor of everyone. He became a neighbor to everybody. And he invites us to do the same. So we are invited in our understanding of the service of others, of our social justice, our understanding of justice, to receive this elevation and expansion that comes from the Lord. That this love of God and neighbor kept together, they expand and elevate our sense of service and justice to others. In the first place, scriptures speak about a concept of justice that we very much have ingrained in our hearts. Justice as equality. 
you can see justice as equality everywhere in the in the scriptures equal treatment the importance of treating everyone in the same way very clear in the first reading for today that speaks about the alien the widow the orphan and the poor they have an inherited dignity and the lord loves everyone in the same way regardless of their condition race regardless of anything, just for being a human person, he loves them all in the same way. So that equality before the Lord is very much present in the scriptures. And that's how we usually understand justice. But the Lord wants to expand our understanding. And so there's even more meanings in the Bible. Yes, it does mean equal treatment. But it also means a second thing. It's also a distributive justice. That people, meaning that people have different needs in their lives. So it's equal treatment, but not only equal treatment. And Jesus showed this in his own life. He had preferences for people at different times. For the poor physically and for the poor spiritually. For those that we call the poor and the lost. Jesus had a preference for them. And we see how he fought for, the, for that. And he gave them a special treatment that he didn't give to others. So it is equality, equal treatment, but also a special treatment at times with people who have different needs, who need a special care. And the Lord also taught us justice as a virtue ethics, helping each person by focusing in their own talents to expand their development towards happiness, to be able to flourish in their own lives. That people, that each person is not the problem but the solution. That there's so much potential in each person that needs to be developed, encouraged, that can flourish in their lives. For example, in the parable of the talents and so on. So many examples in the Bible of this. So the Lord expands our understanding of justice. It's not only equality as being able to treat everyone in the same way, but also to be able to care for those who are in most need at different moments. And also to be able to help each person flourish as a person gain their full potential, that they're not the issue, they're not the problem, they're the solution. The solution is in them. And that's how Christ invested in each person. So you see how these two commandments, they keep each other in check and they help us to also keep ourselves in check so that our sense of justice may be a good one, a help that truly helps and not a help that harms others and leaves them where they are. But I hope that helps each person to truly flourish in their lives. So how can we apply this on this Sunday in this week? I think it's hard because, you know, I spoke about ideas and how the Lord expands our understanding. And so I think that is a benefit in itself to expand our understanding of justice and how God sees justice in the scriptures. I think that by itself, it's, it's a great uh, 
uh, benefit from today's readings. But then I think we can do two things. In the first place, I want to invite you to read the first letter of St. John that unites these two loves very intimately. That was the great message of St. John, that God has loved us, and in that way we can love others. And he joins those two loves all the time in his letter. It's a short letter. You can read it in one sitting in, in 30 minutes. I, I did it this, this week. And I found the word love 50 times in a very short letter, four chapters. So you can do that yourself and underline all the times that John speaks about the love of God and love of neighbor. And once you read that letter, I want to invite you today not to come up with a project for social justice and to help, but how to insert that in your daily life. All this expansion of the idea of justice that I shared with you. How can you insert it in your own life? This sense of equality, the sense of people who need my care at different moments, the sense of the art person has potential in themselves, I need them to, to, I need to help them flourish it. How can I apply this in my own life? A priest in the St. John Society shared with me that in a very simple way, he applied this in his daily life. And he told me, now when I go to get gas in the car, I stop at the gas station. And instead of doing everything from the car, just rolling down the window, I come down. And I, I go down and I talk to the person who is serving me and get to know them briefly, of course. And it has helped me a lot to enter into a relationship with that person and to you know, get to know them briefly. And of course, as a priest, you, know, you get into very good um, very good conversation. The other day, by the way, I went, I, I did the same, inspired by him. And I went, you know, down from the car and I saw this man, he was serving me and his arm was like a whole tattoo of like these different forms. And I said, hey man, I, I really like your tattoos. There were some good, like cool ones. And uh, so I, I really meant that. And he said, like, yeah, I'm a Catholic too. And he started showing me all his tattoos. There was a St. Michael somewhere there. Uh, and many skulls and other things, but there was a St. Michael's. And then he says, uh, do you know Father Ignacio? I said, yeah, he's my friend. I'm going, right, I'm going there right now. And, uh, and we started talking, and he, he knew Father Ignacio very well because he's the one who made this resolution, and he started coming down and talking to these people. So you see how this can be inserted into our daily lives. It's not about a whole project for social justice and how can I serve, which would be great, but how can I insert it in my daily life? Maybe it is that. Maybe it's like another student from the PDX Newman Center in Portland. He started coming closer to Christ and he started, he told me, my eyes have been open. I'm not blinded to the homeless in Portland anymore. And so he started acknowledging them and looking at them in the eye and like greeting them and sometimes asking even their names. Very simple. He's not changing the world or anything, but at least he's acknowledging that dignity, that this person is as dignified as I am. So how can we insert this sense of justice in my daily life today? In a few moments, we come to the altar, and this is the great place where everything starts, because here's where we are nourished in that love of God for ourselves so that we can give away that love to others because they're strongly connected and they keep each other in check. The more we receive, 
his body and blood and the love that he bestows unto us on this altar, the more we are going to be encouraged and strengthened to go out and love him in others.